0: Another edition of the fantasy football chat ask me anything series tonight we've got sticky z himself adam zekas uh, he's an idp guru right Re- he uh senior writer and idp lead at the dynasty league football team creator of the sticky board and sticky position we'll get into that here shortly commissioner and unique league extraordinaire adam is also self-acclaimed outer space and dnd nerd adam welcome to the show yeah thanks for having me uh, back again um uh one of my favorite places to come check out
1: some good discussions it's super uh it's a great place to just talk about stuff and not have to worry about too much about you know making people upset or you know people can talk passionately and not have to worry too much so that's always nice to have in the, in the fantasy space
0: definitely and we are lucky to have you back i wanted to go ahead and say thanks for coming back it was a great success the last time around and i've uh doubts that this will be a repeat of another great time but before we dive into the questions this evening do you want to plug anything that yourself or the dlf teams got going on just came out coming up on the horizon anything you want to plug for us yeah just just a couple things like I, I am
1: the host of the React idp podcast um with uh Thomas Perry. So we talk only IDP. we rarely ever mention offense usually it's just as a comparison kind of thing it doesn't really happen that often so that's you know you can get pretty much anywhere, DLF with pods. You can get that iTunes, whatever, um, you know, there's a rookie draft guide out on nice to Check that out. Um, that has so many profiles, all the offensive profiles you could want. Uh, so those two things. And then of course, if you're, we'll talk about some more, a lot probably true position if you're doing IDP you're about doing true position where edge players are, are specified as edge players. Um, it's sticky position.
0: you can find
1: that those are things i'll
0: plug excellent so everybody be sure to check that out uh but not right now because we're gonna get right into these questions tonight starting with our main corporal casual with this 2021 defensive class looking so weak who are you targeting and when in your idp rookie drafts and feel free to specify between single quarterback and super flex if it makes a difference
1: yeah it's it's not a great class i don't know if it's just because it was a kind of a shortened year. Last year's class was pretty good. Um, I think at least looking at just the edge players, the defensive line, defensive line players, the safeties in the corner, really not a ton of great, like, uh, studs that you can just put a little, you know, check to, going to go to start right away, going to be really good. There are some guys like that. There are a lot of this class from the edge side is potential. It's all about, you know, it's become something. If they do, they'll be really good. There's a lot of really high – level athletes especially in this position um, that can be something awesome. It's just identifying those guys, and them actually taking those their steps forward. Again, it's going to be the big question mark. A lot of these guys are missed some time in 2019 season, then 2020 season. was shortened, So we're missing a lot of tape on them. Guys got hurt in the 2020 guys opted out in 2020. So of course that's, that's there and that's on both sides of the ball. The linebacker class is really, really solid. There's a lot of really good players here. Um, So directly towards the question, you know, I tend not to, obviously of course depends. And I'm probably going to say it a hundred times on your scorings and settings, but uh, unless you're in like a really strong IDP league, usually I'm going to try to hit the offensive side more. The the, the turnaround value of a mid second round pick, um, you know, a wide receiver, a running back, even, you know, quarterback in one quarterback, um, you know, the, the turnaround on those guys becoming something is much greater than almost any IDP. I mean, even if you drafted Darius Leonard, you know, mid third round. Yeah. He's, he's number one linebacker right now, but if that, if you had a, a running back who had a similar level of value, jump value, um, that's going to be like a star player. Right. So I'm going to hit offense all the time. That being said, you know, like late second, you know, or third round is, is a bit good for IDP. That's when you can kind of get a couple of the linebackers, uh, be you know, the Michael Parsons, um, the Jeremiah, uh, joke, as people call him, a um, get him stuff like that. Uh, I think that's good. Normally, I want to try to look at edge players earlier than linebackers, but I think this year is a year where, you know, uh, Quitty Pay, obviously someone that is really good at the edge position. I just don't think he's going to be an absolute – like he's not a Chase Young, right? Like we, I think everyone's pretty okay with saying that. Um, so I think you want to look at some of the other line the other linebackers first and then go for these guys third rounds, fourth rounds. And then when people are taking the dregs at offense. That's when you want to try to get some of these guys. Um, Jason Away, is super athletic. Uh, Gregory Rousseau is so good. Um, you know, he opted out, so we don't know a ton about him. But he could be someone that's awesome. Xavier um, Collins, Ali like Chazzerat, a lot, a lot for another linebacker. You can take these guys; they're probably going to start pretty soon, especially the linebackers. And that's going to give you more points than you know taking a fourth round running back who is someone who's hopefully you know he's drafted in the fifth round or something like that. These guys are going to have a, the IP. Guys are going to have a bit more value. So that's kind of uh, kind of answers the question, and, and that's kind of how I'm going to approach the portion of the rookie drafts.
0: And you mentioned some of your favorite of the IDP prospects coming in, but what are some general tips that you might give to, you know, just the common fancy football player as far as evaluating IDP prospects for rookie drafts?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's definitely tough because in college, you're asked sometimes to do things a little bit differently than you would in the NFL. And that's not necessarily just to say, that, uh, you know, you don't play the same positions. It's just that you're sometimes asked to do a little bit more in in college. You're going to be playing a lot more. And sometimes your role gets kind of um, shortened and and kind of condensed a little bit in the NFL, at least to start. Um, You know, you may have someone who played every snap um, for Texas as an edge player. Um, But when you come to the NFL, maybe you'll be a third down pass rush specialist, right? So there's definitely like projecting those kind of things is kind of tough. I would say the number one thing I try to look for is the things that you really can't teach. You can't teach someone to have burst. You can't teach someone to have closing speed. You can't teach someone to have get off on the snap. You can't teach them to have like these high motors and something. some things these guys have. You can't teach people to be fast, to be agile. You know, those are things that are just kind of talents that you can't teach up. If someone's out of position, if someone can't read, you know, if someone's not great at processing, um, you know, the handoff or something like that for an edge player – that's something you can kind of, you can coach up and make them better. So I think those things that you want to look for are the the kind of, I don't want to say intangibles It's not really intangible, but the the physical traits, the athleticism that you just can't go into the NFL and get much better at. Um, you're going to get some, obviously you're going to have a, you know, if you're coming from like middle Eastern, m- middle, middle Tennessee, Eastern, Western of Ohio college. Yeah. You're going to have an NFL strength coach. You're going to have NFL coaches. Of course you're going to, those things you can improve. But I think a lot of times when you're, when you're evaluating prospects, I always try to look at the things that you just can't coach and, and hope that maybe the coaching things are going to um, come as, as you, as you transition um, learning where to be, where to put your eyes, you know, how to scrape um, as a linebacker um, what to do as a safety, like when you, when different coverages, how you're being attacked, those kind of things that you can learn. I think those, those can come with time. Whereas, you know, burst especially is one that you just cannot like get, you can't make when you get to the NFL
0: speaking of edge players there's sort of a goofy question that we have later on down in the chat here uh, about one of our users has heard a lot about breakout edge players but going a different way if the top tier of edge players in 2021 were fast food items what are the top 3 going to be
1: yeah that's, uh, that's from my my buddy Brian um <laughs> i didn't i didn't get too much like I'm glad you understood
0: that because I don't think anybody else in the chat. Yeah, I I
1: didn't really get it either, but uh, I'd say uh, like I'll put it in terms of like actual fast food restaurants where I think think, like, you know, how you can kind of go to like Taco Bell, you know, it's kind of like I know it's probably not going to be great, but there's a chance it's like really, really good um and I'll, I'll put i'll put uh aziz Jawari there i mean just an absolute uh beast of a player very raw extremely raw player needs a ton of work like super ton of coaching this is what i was talking about just before has all the physical traits he wants fast like crazy burst great off the edge can condense inside really really phenomenal player he just p- pops off the tape but obviously like the mental side of the game needs some work there or he'd be a top type guy so he's kind of taco bell to me because you know there's there's that like one shining moment where you know it's 2 a.m and you get taco bell and it's like the best thing you've ever eaten um so i think that that's a fit for him and i'd say like like uh like a chick-fil-a which is like kind of always always stable and like you know what you're gonna get comes out really fast it's always super good that's gonna be like a quiddy pay like i don't think he's the absolute beast of a ceiling i think he's an extremely high four player um i think he's got a lot of the traits that you look for he does have a lot of the athleticism really i really great size like pops on the tape as well which is really a solid player i don't think he has the top end like gonna be a top five edge player ever um but i think he's really solid so i, I give him the, the chick-fil-a award if i had to pick one more uh i mean i don't really look i mean carlos basham is some, uh, one of the players that i've slowly moved up my board so i guess i'll give him he's the burger king so he's kind of like the, for me, at least, I know this, this This is like tribal, very, very tribal thing, but, you know, the, the old faithful, um, you know, he's a very high, another high floor player who just doesn't have like those crazy athleticism stuff, but he knows what he's doing. He's can condense inside, super good inside. Um, He's in, always usually in the right spot, solid edge defender Um, when he's not, when it's on, on run plays. He's a really, really solid guy. Like you pretty much know exactly what you're going to get. It's not going to blow you away every time, but it, it's pretty solid, so I'll go with that for, uh, for that fun question.
0: Excellent. I think uh, that's about the best we could have asked for in terms of that question. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do one more quick thing about the IDP rookies here. And that is King of joust ask, are there any IDP rookies that you're viewing right now as being completely dependent on landing on the right team? Like if somebody that you're currently on the fence about that, you're just going to wipe off the map if they don't go to, you know, exactly where they need to be. Yeah,
1: I mean, the only thing is like that's not that doesn't tend to be how I look at players. I'm I'm usually very positive on players. I mean, these guys are all phenomenal, right? And they're all going to get drafted in the NFL, which is considering like point zero, 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 one percent of all high school players get drafted in the NFL. They're all really good, um, so I don't, I don't think there's anyone that's crazy scheme defendant scheme dependent. I think that a lot of the players, because they are very raw, especially at the edge position, are going to need a ton of coaching. So I think that can kind of um, that can kind of matter. None that doesn't necessarily mean it's hard to kind of parse that out because you know who who are the good defensive line coaches. If you're going to go sit for a while, that's not great for IDP though. they could make you better, but you really want to be out there playing, right? So I don't think there's really anybody who's fully on like team landing spot dependent, maybe Christian Barmore just because I think he's really good. It'll be interesting to see how teams use him because he's one of those bigger defensive tackles who plays like a smaller guy. And I think sometimes uh, the more egotistical defensive line coaches are going to stick him sort of as, as a nose player, as a zero technique. And I don't think he, I think he'll be fine at it. I think we kind of saw this with Quinn and Williams, um, another Alabama player. It's kind of funny how they all kind of end up looking the same, but where he's kind of used in an odd way, where he can, be, he can be impactful, at least on a day-to-day from a game basis, but for IDP, is not as good.
0: I love it. And uh, so we'll venture away from the rookies just for a moment, and we'll go to more towards uh, a little bit of the off-the-wall questions. Uh, we'll start with a really popular one. You know, we mentioned D&D earlier, you being the D&D nerd. I, I can't relate personally, but I know a ton of our users can. So, uh, Tubideus here is asking, let's see here. Oh, I'm sorry. It was MonCal asked, what's your favorite D&D edition in class? And a follow-up question, better D&D fantasy football mashup name, Fitz Magic Missile or Kyle Tarask? I'll go with Kyle
1: Tarask T- T- is, is definitely the better one there. He started off. Um, for, yeah, for D&D, it's, like, it's actually something that I've kind of only been playing for about three years. I actually played when I was in – I played in high school once, and I played in college a couple times. And in high school, it was, I think it was just uh, Pathfinder, and then I believe in college, it was uh, 3.5, uh, edition 3.5. So, this obviously, the last three years, I've been playing f- fifth edition. Um, I haven't really ventured out to the money, the other editions. But, I, I mean, I think fantasy football and D&D just goes so well hand in hand. It's like two – Fans football can be so nerdy, and it's so funny because it's a sport, and like we're talking about football players—you know, uh, a bunch tw- uh, twenty-two huge, huge human beings chasing a little ball around a field—but it's incredibly nerdy when you get into the stats and all that stuff. And that's where you find edges too, especially in the not the, not IDP edges, but like edges in the game—is the stats and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so I think I think the two go hand in hand. But I would say my favorite class is definitely cleric. Um, I always find myself being like yeah a cleric would have helped here or I, I love my cleric characters more than anyone else i'm always talking about splashing cleric they just they're they're full spellcasters they can do whatever you want i mean you can have a full spellcaster cleric you can have a, a war cleric that does a ton of melee damage you can pretty much do whatever you want with them i think some of the, the subclasses give you a ton of um, rp ability i have a grave cleric um whose name is hulpert Morningbender, and he's just the most absolute lovable fur bold that ever existed and um he the way the great cleric works is you basically no one can die around you that isn't supposed to, so it's awesome like i, I just love dandy so much. I'm always pushing people to to add, make a cleric and put a cleric in the group, just I love them a lot and I love the game so much it's, it's it's as a as a nerdy person as a slightly creative person, it is the most um amazing outlet, and the things that happen in sessions is just the most craziest thing, so i yeah, I love dandy I'm not ashamed to admit it
0: at all and a follow up to Moncal's question two badeuses ask which D class is the worst and why is it ranger
1: yeah ranger is really bad revised <laughs> ranger is a little bit better i think ranger fits in like a one type of um campaign and that's when you're just out in the open all the time which is super rare <laughs> and like the wizard of the coast have kind of pushed these like more urban adventures in recent a lot more a lot more of the city stuff and urban stuff and um, of course, like, engineering is great, and a guy who is really good at shooting stuff with a bow and arrow from really far away is not so great when you're inside a dungeon, so um, they definitely, it's definitely a weird class, they probably should have just not included it in this one. My first character in 5th edition was a Ranger, and it, it was terrible. Um, you know, you can put up a ton of damage, but the other side of the things don't don't really work so well, and, and Revised Ranger does give you a lot more, um, a lot more of the options and stuff, so... The Ranger's definitely the worst class for sure. And I think all the other ones are great. Like it's pretty hard to pick a second worst one. Uh, but Rangers for sure the worst.
0: And segueing the hobbies of yours, we'll we'll start talking a little bit here about outer space. Um soft spot in my heart personally. Uh also pretty big nerd on that front given the past. But what uh how'd that all begin, I guess? Let's just start from the beginning
1: yeah I wouldn't say i'm like a i just a clear, i wouldn't say i'm like a outer space i'm more of like a rocket um nerd i don't i mean i i like the sun but I'm not like oh the sun has all these facts and all these planets and like i don't really i, I find that stuff like super cool very interesting um all the different like types of planets that are out there and and how these things are formed and all that stuff so I do like that stuff I was actually pretty big into um cosmology which is like you know the big thinking thing with the big bang and and black holes and stuff like that. Um, so I liked that when I was younger and then I kind of, I actually, I live in South Florida. Um, so I grew up, you know, like the space, uh, the space shuttle and stuff like that. We could see it from our backyard. Um, at, uh, you know, if it was the right kind of night, clear night and like dark stuff. So that always gave me like, like love for that. I didn't really have as much in college and I, I wish I did, but I kind of, maybe with like SpaceX and kind of the return to us commercial stuff like that, Falcon nine and stuff like that, I've really like just found the physics of rocket engines and, um, you know, how the, you know, uh the different cycles of rocket engines and how they work and the different propellants and all that stuff. And so I found that stuff so fascinating, injectors and all that stuff, which is really weird. I probably should have gone into engineering and done aerospace engineering, but I didn't. Um, but I find that stuff so, so fascinating. And kind of just came out of nowhere, just reading Wikipedia articles, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe like five or six years ago. And just, I just love that stuff so much. And I love all the stuff that SpaceX does with like Starship. And I follow all that stuff, like pretty much to the, to the minute, to the hour, Um, so I just, I just find it so fascinating how people can, like humans can, you know, put two gases or, well, they usually start as liquids, but two gases together and, and leave the planet, which is, which is crazy even just to think about. Um, so I'm excited for all that stuff.
0: So, uh, what would be your favorite, favorite fact about, well, he's saying outer space here from Dutch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: that's cool. I I would say I was, I thought about this a little bit. I don't have like a, like a ton of facts, like on, 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 on hand, but, uh. I would say the fact that most of the stars that we see, you know, like when we're seeing it now, it happened so long ago, it's like almost incomprehensible. Um, and that, that'll go into another question later, I think, with about the aliens and stuff like that. But it, it's just like, it, it's it's impossible to think about because that the, the stars you're seeing are so far away and the light took so long to get here that, it, that those stars, most of them are probably gone already. So I think I always find that like kind of blows me away.
0: Good answer there. Good answer. And you didn't mention anything about aliens on Mars. So we can, uh, you, you a believer in aliens.
1: Um, I mean, I, I see it both ways. I see that, you know, there's an in, incalculable number of stars out there and an innumerable, about, innumerable amount of planets. So the fact that we would be the only intelligent life is seems very slim, but the fact that you can look, we're looking so far, we've, we're kind of in the where we are now, like the universe is not super young. So it's kind of been plenty of time for at least someone in our galaxy, which is thousands and hundreds of thousands of stars, hundreds of thousands of planets to have traveled here um, or to the point where we may have could have seen them when we look back as we're looking back into the past. So I find that like it's sort of like what the Fermi Paradox is kind of saying is if this all these people are out there, well, how come we don't see them? um so i kind of see it both ways i i i know it's it's really hard for people to think like how could we be alone um there's a great podcast by um josh clark who's one of the the stuff you should know podcasters called the end of the world with josh clark and i think he kind of breaks into some of that stuff about how it is super rare that we're even here and there could have been something in the past that we've overcome that um allows us to be here and then there could be something in the future that we haven't gotten to yet you know singularity or something like that where um
0: like, civilizations don't go past. So I find I find it interesting both ways. And lastly, uh not to detract away from aliens, but we'll wrap up the off-the-wall questions for now with the final one of Twin Peaks or Mulholland Drive, which is your favorite from David Lynch?
1: Yeah, you know, I never actually you know Mulholland Drive. Um, oh. I'm, a, I'm a little bit – when did Twin Peaks even come out? I think I was like three years old. Um, uh, but I love Twin Peaks so much. Uh, Twin Peaks was so interesting to me when I was younger in high school. I think we all thought it was like the coolest thing ever, and it was kind of right when that stuff was coming back around, I guess. All those, those – uh, like indie was kind of a big thing. Like indie, Even indie music was kind of just getting big again um so so twin peaks yeah was was definitely um very formative to me of the of david lynch like just being like absolutely phenomenal and informative and like the way the things were shot and the way things were kind of slow p- played and just kind of weird a little bit off i found that so so interesting and i just lo- i always think of a quote where like uh he uh, david lynch is playing when he plays that one fbi character and like he sees the main lead actress for the first time or whatever i forgot her name was and he's just like like my socks are on fire and you're just like, that is just so, it's an interesting quote. And the fact that he's the one doing it, it is just, it's really phenomenal.
0: I uh, am also a giant fan of Twin Peaks. Did you prefer the TV show over the movie or the other way around?
1: Yeah. I like I actually, I had watched the TV show and I didn't even know that there were movies that kind of continued on. Um, so I, I definitely like TV show better.
0: Same, same. Yeah. It seemed like the movie was more there to like wrap up loose yes. ends. Yes. But, uh, no. and Drive is really good. I would definitely recommend it, though. Um, So let's talk about people that are already in the league. Um, actually, before we get into that, let's talk about some of the leagues that you're in. Uh, the craziest league settings you've come across or play in. And as a follow-up, what obscure league setting has been your favorite so far in your career? Yeah, so
1: I have a lot of really weird ones. Um, We have one that's based around Monopoly where we have we have properties and we roll a dice every, every uh, week and get bonus uh, fab money. And uh, I like that one a lot. I've done a risk one. That's all based on risk. That was really fun. Um, uh, The one that I think hits like a, a nice spot, I think between, it's not there's really nothing Debbie about it, but it's taking the college game and using that like t- to model like an NFL league. So basically there's freshmen and sophomore and, and juniors and seniors, but it's just the first three, first four years of a player's NFL career. Um, and then they they leave early, like if they're really good. Like if a sophomore has a like, has a top five year, he leaves the league basically. So you're really only playing with the youngest players. There's a small Debbie component, but it's not big. And all the teams are college teams, like I'm the I'm the Terrapins um in one of them and and he, i think that's i find that very cool um it's just, it's kind of different when you start to think about it so i find that i find that pretty interesting i really like that one a lot you know we have so many like wacky leagues um that we've started over the time um we had one that was based on pokemon where you only got points for catching the ball um so like no running backs scored points for running <laughs> only for catching and it just totally got out of hand and we had to shut it down because it was just too ridiculous so yeah we've tried a lot of things
0: that is hilarious. No, I had not heard anything like the Pokemon version. That's That would be hilarious to see play out. Um, One of our users, actually, too, but let's ask a number of questions in here. He's been trying to spin up a D- uh, D&D version-type league where every week, like, a certain... I don't know. He's tried to explain it about <laughs> how, like, you roll it and, like, maybe it might be half PPR one week, but then the next oh, week okay. it might be three PPR or like a certain yeah. position so, with. So like, I had one uh, called the nightmare league, which uh,
1: we basically, it's actually kind of a cop out as a commissioner, but like anything that happens, I'm just like, oh, it's the nightmare. Like, oh, someone's like, oh, you forgot to run waivers one week. I'm like, oh, I guess I ended early. And like, it's just constantly changing. And then this year we're going to add a little spinner that like at the beginning of the year, we spin the wheel and whatever the setting it lands on is like that's the setting for that year yeah that's pretty fun i actually i actually have a had a because i I do i write a lot of like coding stuff and and we talk about sticky position and stuff like that um i do a lot of custom code for the leagues i'm in like the monopoly league that all the all the fab money is calculated uh on like um, outside the league page outside of mfl and then i have one league where the idp is best ball but the offense is regular so i have to do all that you know outside the mfl as well but i had spent like maybe like three weeks working on a D and D league that was on MFL, but everything else took place. Like you had a character sheet, there was encounters every week. Like it was fully, you had classes and you had talent trees and it was fully D and D. And then my laptop died and I lost it all. And that was like two years ago. And since then I have not had the will to like start it up again, but it's something I definitely want to do and uh, make happen at some point. Hmm. That's my white whale of the, of
0: a uh, fantasy football leagues. A white whale of fantasy football leagues. Um, if you had to choose between ranking dynasty, redraft best ball, one, two, and three, how are you feeling them?
1: Yeah, I, I mean Dynasty Best Ball, I think it would be it would be Dynasty and then Dynasty Best Ball and then redraft and then best ball. Like redraft best ball. Because like I I think the Dynasty is the best way to play face football. And I think um, you know, Dynasty best ball gives you that kind of like I can have like 30 teams and like it's fine. Like, I got all the set of lineup, it's great. All I do is draft, like it's awesome. And I have um four of my leagues are just just that they're dynasty best ball, three of them draft before the NFL. Draft even is we we draft as soon as MFL rolls over. So you know, usually in February, or January, we do the the rookie draft, which is so fun because like you look back and you're like, why did you take you know, um, the, that I think Justin Jefferson was like a an early second round pick or something like that. And it's just like, it's great. Um, but I think that's what's great. Redraft has its place. I think I don't want to change redraft too much. I'm only in one redraft league just because I think dynasty is much better. And I think di- redraft basketball is literally like, I, I mean, I draft it as fun, but I, I have a hard time like paying attention to it.
0: Fair enough. I, uh, I'm starting to move away from the redraft and strictly into the dynasty as much as I can, because agreed that, Dynasty is the way to go, and if you're playing Dynasty without IDP anybody, you're doing it wrong, just for the record. So, wanted to throw that out there as well. Um, But let's get into some more uh, tough questions here. Chipolopolo uh, asks, there seems to be a divide amongst the Dynasty community of relying on trade calculators. Do you have any particular thoughts on this? How do you use them when making moves? And what advice would you give folks while trade negotiating?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when the first one like came out and because um, I've been in the dynasty space for, I don't know, probably close to 10 years now. And I think, uh, I, I, like, I use the dynasty football one just because I have a dynasty football subscription. You know, I write for them, so I get access to that. Um, I'll use it to like start my offer, like I, I won't just go blindly to someone, and and I want to make it so, you know, at least there's some semblance of the consensus of fair, and I don't, and I don't always know what that is off the top of my head. I mean, I don't think anyone does, right? So, I mean, there are definitely people like I've I've talked to people who are just like no ADP like crazy, and, and then you kind of morph it to your league, and like things change, right? So, I kind of just want to get a baseline look at what seems like a fair offer. Cause I don't want to insult anybody and I don't want to, you know, make it look like I'm trying to pull one over on them. And at the same time, I don't want to screw myself over. Right. Though I tend to know what's going on pretty well. I mean, I have a lot of leagues and I follow the NFL, like, you know, to the minute, but um, so I like to use them for that. I don't, I don't, if anyone sends me a screenshot of one, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of Bush league. Right. I mean, just to be like, Oh, well it's fair on this one. Cause I can go find another one that makes it seem like it's not fair. Right. Cause they're based on, at least I know the Dynasty Football One is based on ranks and ADP and trades, like live real trades. So it's pretty accurate, I'd say, to what the community as a whole would say. You know, you go to others that are just rank based, and they they may not be as accurate. The rankers usually t- tend to skew towards the ADP because that's that's the reality of just the market, right? Um, so so that's kind of how I feel about them. I think they're a good tool. Obviously, you don't want to rely on them heavily, but it's a, it's a nice jumping off point. And in terms of like free ones, I really like Dynasty One Hundred One. Um, the, I know that the guys who write for them and they have a great rookie, rookie preview they put out that has IDP in it. They, uh, they, they really spend a lot of time in the ranks and, and they're really, really solid. And it's a free calculator and you can go check it out now and all that stuff. And it's out there and, um, they do a really good job of kind of sticking to their themselves or the true themselves, but they're not like crazy out there just to be out there. So I think that's a pretty solid one. And then, and then I guess the, the last part of the question was how do I approach a trade? I'm definitely like star dialogue guy. I'll, I'll send a trade offer cold, but then I'll send a message. I think that, I think that's huge because then you have like a, I have an open chat window, you know, where I'm talking to you and, and I can get your feedback on it. And then I kind of, I like to send offers. I don't like when people are like, I'm selling this player. Like, like, tell me what's fair. Like, n- no, you know, like I want to try to get that dialogue out there. I just want someone, someone to tell me, at least that they're interested in my player, if I'm the one that's selling. And then I can kind of go from there. Um, and I, I'll tend to like, I hate going back and forth like a 100 times you know it does happen and, and that's okay but i just i i always try to at least with someone um who i who i know is going to be fair to me i want to be fair to them so i'll come with my best offer pretty early on and just be like this is what i can pay if you don't want to take it we don't have to make a trade and like i think early in my dynasty career i was constantly trying to make the trade and i would like lose value that way just because i wanted to trade so bad but i think now i've gotten to a point where i'm just like this is what i want to pay or this is what i'm willing to give um, if you don't want to do that, that's okay.
0: Like we'll, we'll meet again sometime. Uh, In response to those answers, one, yes. Um, love starting to like get an idea of where to look for the value and like what sort of other people are thinking when it comes to trade calculators. Secondly, DFF, or not DFF, but Dynasty 101 Great rookie digest agreed, and I'm going to use this time to mention to everybody listening here in chat that they'll be sponsoring our draft contest where we'll be giving away a couple copies of their rookie digest. And second and thirdly, um, yeah, I feel like transparency when making trades really gets the job done one more effectively, and you get a fair price. Like, I, I would be much happier if somebody came to me and said, hey, I've got too many wide receivers. I need a better tight end. Here's who's on the block. What are you thinking? Let's work something out. And then to go from there rather than, you know, just shooting some BS over and then, you know, them and like them shooting their BS over. And then, yeah, that just gets tiresome.
1: Yeah, and I, I think sometime, somewhere along the line of fans football um and how people conduct themselves like we've gotten to a point where it's like if you lose a trade like you are it is it is the end of the world and i don't. i think that i'm more willing to lose a trade on paper and get the player i want than i am to just kind of try to do uh try to pull one over on somebody because that doesn't necessarily feel great you know i think it can it depends on like your league mates and yada yada but hopefully you're playing with some friends and you don't really want to like screw them over um and at the end of the day like i like, I've never been someone who's been like, that guy's team is really good. I'm not going to trade with him to make him better. Like, I don't, I want to make me better. I don't really care what he does. So, you know, I think there's, there's always like a two way street. And I think people really need to remember that a trade is, is, takes two teams and both teams want to win. So I think if you can make that happen, it's better. As long as you're not telling someone how they're winning and they can just figure it out on their own, you're doing a great job.
0: Bingo. Bingo. Um, Let's talk some advice that you might be able to lend to the community here. Starting with one piece of advice you'd give to IDP newbies that might not be obvious to uh, you know their first joining league and jumping right into it. What's what would be the number one advice that you would give there?
1: Yeah, I'll give I'll give two things. One's about identifying who's going to be good and stuff like that. I'll do that second. But first of all, I would say really. The most important thing is learning your scoring and your your lineups because I am personally, you know, I would say jump in both feet first, go into a balanced IDP with IDP score, you know, pretty close to offense, if not more at certain terms and times. Um, If you're doing that, then you can kind of – you want to look at IDP a little bit more. But I think if you're kind of dipping your toe in, I think you can kind of eschew IDP a little bit and, you know, kind of just hit the offense. Like if it's not a huge IDP and even if it's like 70% 70% I'll usually tend to go harder on offense just because if you think about it, you're, you're, when you're talking about offense, you're talking about three positions or four positions, if you count 10 end and how many of those guys are on the field at a time between the four of them, just four, you know, for each team. But when you talk about IDP four or five, whatever, or six, but usually it's just a couple. We talk about IDP. It's usually all 11 guys or at least not counting corners, nine guys on the field at all times that we're talking about for every 32 teams. So it's clearly much deeper. And a lot of these players are going to um, score some points. So I think that's important to remember is you can kind of find guys a little bit later who will turn it on and, and, and still give you valuable points. You know, um, even if it's like a, maybe I drafted somebody who, um, like Eric Wilson last year is a good example, uh, Minnesota linebacker. You know, there was an injury to Anthony Barr. He came on. You know, he's somebody who probably went in the last round of most line, more probably on the waivers, to be honest, buy on the waivers of most leagues, or you were holding him you know, he was a super late pick or whatever, you know, he had a great season as a, as a backup player and I know he's moved on now, but you know, I think that you can find those guys in the waivers a lot easier than you can for offense. You can't find that kind of replacement. So, you know, that that's kind of my, my advice, which is kind of odd. that I'm saying, you know, like don't do as much IDP in your in your startup or in your draft, because you can find those guys later. And I don't think it's necessarily um, important to get them early and then to find out who's going to be good. I mean, it is all about, for me, at least all about snap counts. I mean, if you're on the field, you can score points. If you're not on the field, you're not going to score points. So I think finding those guys who play a ton of snaps, looking at the schemes where guys play a ton of snaps um, at different positions, safeties are playing the whole time. There's one linebacker out there. You know, those are the guys you want to kind of target. So I I think that's kind of the way that at least I approach it.
0: And next piece of advice. What's one thing content creators spend too much time doing? And where else would that time be better spent?
1: Um, it's. I mean, I don't want to like, I think all content's probably good because, you know, you want to get, you know, eyes on stuff. You want to be thinking about different things. If you're consuming the content, you want to be like kind of putting your mind in something you didn't think about, or seeing something you didn't see before. I think when you, you know, you look at a a site or someone's Twitter feed or something like that, and it's just like an article every day and they're just like blasting out these articles and there's not a ton of substance to them. I think that can definitely could be better. I think, you know, there's, there's, there's. I think sometimes when you're like, oh, it's the top ten running backs. Like, I think we all know who the top ten running backs are. Now, now, obviously, if you're in a fantasy football Discord and you're talking about fantasy football all day, you know who the top ten running backs are. So, I think some of the deeper stuff is a little bit better. Obviously, with IDP, we want to cater to everybody at the same time. um, Just because it is, you could know every running back, but you may not know every linebacker, right? So, there's some of that too. I think like video content is becoming super popular, and I love that stuff. I think that's a great way to consume it. So. I would like to see more video stuff. I'd love to see, you know, more and more analytics, more and more of the data being out there and being available. I think like, especially from the IDB perspective, like I think something that blows people away is that a tackle is not an official stat. Like there is no official ruling for what a tackle is. Whereas obviously the catch can be, can be a uh, tough at times, but usually it's pretty clear. And to, considering who gets the tackle, who gets an assist and all that stuff, there's no clear guidelines for the NFL really really how that's scored. So I think that is something where, like, consuming a ton of data is going to let you kind of tease out those information, that information a little bit better from IDP side. So we definitely need smarter data people um, in IDP. I think there's like an older guard that's all film based, and we don't, we kind of have newer people who are stepping in as data people. And I think that stuff's really awesome, especially with the analytics that the NFL is giving out um, with all the GPS data and all that kind of stuff.
0: And Jensen is asking for advice on any tips for a first time commissioner. That's tough, man. I mean, like it's tough it- for
1: me because I really pl- try to really hard commission only people I can vouch for and I can verify and vet and all that stuff. Uh, that was three V words in a row. And like, you know, those are the people that I really want to play with. I, I, I have a hard time. Playing with randoms, I'll put in quotes, randoms, or people I don't know that super well, or just kind of someone we picked, off, picked up off Twitter or whatever. Um, those people, is it's tough to commission for. So there's, there's two different kind of leagues. There's commissioning like pure randoms and commissioning like your friends. I'd say the pure randoms is looking at people as much as you can, get the money up front if it's money involved. That's the number one thing for me is be really, really hard on the money because nothing sucks more than when you have to get someone coming in to replace somebody pay as well because the other person didn't pay and it's a mess. So I'd say if you're doing randoms, number one thing is get the money. Um very important. Otherwise, like try not to take it too serious. And then I I'm I'm a bit of a dictator in my leagues. Like this goes for both sides of, of the types of leagues. Like it's my league. I, I want you guys to have fun. I'm here for you guys. But at the end of the day, if I need to make a ruling, that's the rule and if you don't like it you can leave. And that's just kind of how it has to be for me to keep my sanity because this commissioner it sucks and I want to make it fun for everybody. So if there's something like kind of wishy-washy in the rules, if then something, something crazy happens, like, you know, um, guys coming from the CFL or whatever, and you're like, I really want this player who ends up doing absolutely nothing. Like, how do we handle that? Like the simplest solution is always the best and just try to keep it fun for everybody. But at the end of the day, like sometimes you really have to put your foot in the ground and be like, if you don't like, this is what it is. If you don't, if you don't agree with my decision, how I rule things, then like this is in the league for you. And that's fine. Like, you, you know, we don't have
0: to be in a league together exactly get with the program or get lost um (laughs) excuse me there um so we'll jump into now uh not so much the advice but the upcoming season and the vets and the changes in coaching that we've had let's start with chicago's appointment of sean Desai to defensive coordinator does that change things for the bears and in particular their IDP relevant players like Roquan and Mac?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have an article out on DynastyFootball.com. com. It's, it's, I wouldn't call it old. I mean, it's from, it's from last month, but it goes through all the, the notable ones. And that one's not on there because I mean, he was, I believe his defensive backs coach. Um, so really nothing is going to change from a three, four, four, three perspective, probably not player usage really at all. And I, I really don't think anything's going to change there. So It's not too much to write home. I would say everything is going to be basically exactly the same.
0: And I mentioned directly below that, that you did publish an article about those coaching changes and the impact of certain players fits. Is there not to uh, dissect uh, the Turkey and ruin it there, but what's one that you're particularly excited or concerned about?
1: Yeah, I think um, dean is going to Atlanta is pretty good because he's kind of, a bit of a known for guys. I think Deion Jones could be a little bit better going forward. So that's one that I'm I'm kind of excited about in terms of uh, kind of, kind of worried about um, there's not too many that I'm super worried about. Like maybe Brandon Staley going to the chargers. We we could see a bit of a change, but he seems like somebody who, and what we're worried about is four threes turning into three fours, right? Where your defensive ends and standard, you know, IDP, Get switched into uh, linebackers, and you know nobody wants to see Joey Bose as a linebacker, but um, you know he 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 spent his entire um, history sort of as a three four guy. Now, even the terms three four four three make me cringe because it's very very hard to just say what which. Team is what because a lot of so, things are so multiple now, and players are just playing in sub packages all the time. And that's like when you have diamond nickel, you have more, nickel, we have more uh, defensive backs on the field, so it's really hard to say for sure. And I think when you come in to a team like the Chargers, who clearly have some talented guys, I, th- I think you're. Uh, you, I don't know if you want to come in and start changing things like in a big way and giving people new responsibilities and guys who are kind of focused on one gap in the in the run fit and not looking at two gaps. And I think those things can get can get a little bit messy, at least right when you come in. So I don't know if we're going to see things there. We'll see, you know, what happens with MFL designations because it's ran by um, one guy who's really smart, but it's just unfortunate that, you know, whatever he decides kind of goes for MFL designations. And, and we can talk about true position as well. Um, but that's the that's the one I'm probably most worried about. And it's mostly just about Joey Bosa being an outside linebacker. Um,
0: We'll see stay on the uh, topic of a specific defensive player for a moment here because Team money is asking your thoughts on cj henderson's value in an idp dynasty 14 team where we're starting two defensive backs two defensive linemen two linebackers and two defensive flexes
1: yeah i, I like i like cj henderson i think he's kind of fits that um What I kind of look for for corners is guys who are good enough to play but not really great, so they still get a ton of targets. So I think he's somebody who kind of fits that. They don't really have another guy there right now. Um, You know, Trey Herndon's probably the other starter, and he's, like, uh, undrafted free agent. Um, And I think CJ Anderson has that, you know, first-round ability. You know, they added Shaquille Griffin, too, and he's pretty solid. So um, I think that'll be interesting as well. I, I think he's someone you could definitely target. I think Shaquille Griffin, I'm surprised that actually Seattle let him go. Um, I just think he was good. He was banged up a bit. So, TJ Henderson is a solid man. I give you, I mean, it's hard to say like value just off my head. I mean, is he better than any rookie corner this year? It's hard to say, but I mean, I'd rather have him than any of the guys that are going to draft in the first round because, you know, some of them are pretty solid. So you don't know how much they're going to play right away. So yeah, I like TJ Henderson. I liked him last year too. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, uh, chuffed for him this
0: year. Hmm. Um, which defensive unit, as of right now, before draft, are you most excited to see perform this upcoming season?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to harp on them too long because so I did kind of talk about them already, but I, w- I want to see the Chargers. I want to see the Chargers at full strength. I want to see Joey Bosa out there. I want to see Utena Wosu get a shot as, a, as an edge player. I want to see Derwin James play. I want to see him play so bad. I want to see Kenneth Murray, who I really liked last year, be like the salt linebacker. And kind of just absolutely ball out. Like, uh, that's what I want real bad. And and I love Jerry Tillery as well, inside guy. Um, So it took me, it was hard to pick one, but I really am just like, this defense could be legit. They have some legit players here. They got Brandon Staley. He was phenomenal last year. So this could be one of the best defenses uh, in the league.
0: And, And really solid for IDP as well. Everybody watch out. ADP is liable to rise after this. Uh, <laughs> so Mort's... Oh, do Mort, you mean
1: team defense?
0: Uh, uh, yes, team defense is tough. That's not my
1: bag. Um, that's why I play IDP. Team defense is real hard. You can have a really good defense and, like, they don't get a ton of sacks, but, like, the people scored zero points and, they, they you know, they always they score 10 instead of, like, 20.
0: No, no, no. I, I, was, I was looking for the answer that you gave. You, you oh, were okay. spot on there. Uh, Mort here... Is uh made a point that I also uh, have seen uh that you talk a lot about true position uh, a bit on Twitter. You uh care to get a little bit in the weeds about what that actually is,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let me pull up the, the sheet that I have for that. But basically, it's so I think a lot of the we talked about a little bit with the scheme stuff, and I think a lot of times people worry about with with IDP is players changing position and it's like when you hear that from a if you're somebody who's only really played offensive fantasy football and you hear about someone playing ch- someone changing position like pretty often like someone like like Chandler jones has probably ch- he's changed positions by switch like four times in his career and that's really scary so i think i think that's one of the major drawbacks that people have against playing idp because you don't want that to happen to you Um, and so the way to combat that is, and and the reason that we have that is because players are switching their schemes as new coaches come in, as players change teams. And while their physical position doesn't really change much, the things that they're asked to do and the way that they're deployed can slightly change. So, um, and and then at the college level, that doesn't happen, right? Because you're not changing teams. You're very rarely getting a new defensive coordinator, that sort of thing. So, and then you, you get drafted as a certain position. Um, and you're kind of all the edge guys are kind of lumped together. So you see, you see the word edge a lot when you're talking about the rookie rookies and stuff like that, and drafts and stuff like that. But when you come to the NFL, now you're a defensive end or you're a linebacker, and I think that causes a ton of problems. Um, and, and you can see it even um, defensive lineman, defensive tackles, defensive ends, depending on which scheme you're in, three four or four three. So what true position decides to do is let's just take guys their actual position. Like guys who pretty much only play edge, now you're an edge player, and guys that pretty much only play inside or you're an inside player and, and you usually don't change what you do. Um, you know, it does happen like players like Danico Autry was a good one. He literally changed from, I I was a defensive tackle and now I'm an edge defender and that doesn't happen very often. So he's someone who had to change, but what true position does is it'll go through and set guys like Von Miller um, to be similar to JJ Watt, to be similar to, you know, Joy Bosa and Nick Bosa who are both defensive ends um, for the most part in, in all most leagues, MFL, ESPN, you know, sleeper, their defensive ends, and we'll make the outside linebacker guys, Trayvon uh, Jones talked about, Von Miller, TJ Watt, um, we'll make them edge players. So everyone – so all the guys who are playing the edge position, who are um, rushing from the outside of the defensive line, so they're not interior players, they're exterior players, most of the time they rush the passer. You know, they they don't usually drop into coverage. Though That does happen, of course, but – those players are all going to be grouped together into edge position. And then all the players that play on the inside are all going to be together as as interior defensive linemen. And then that way you kind of are looking at players for what they actually play. And I think that's a really good way to talk about IDP to, to maybe even make that the baseline because it makes it much simpler. You're never – no one's – TJ Watt is never not going to be an edge defender. Um, you know, like I said, guys who change, it's, it's a little bit rare. But um, most of the time, guys aren't going to be going from an edge to an outside linebacker or to an off-ball linebacker, which is going to be your, you know, Darius Leonard's and Orcon Smith and guys that are constantly, they just play linebacker. They're not edge defenders. They don't line up on the defensive line for majority of their snaps. You know, they're, they're, they're off-ball linebackers. So those guys get grouped together as well. And, and people put safety in corners kind of, they, they, some of them can be interchangeable. It's not very often. So I tend to not do that. So that's what it is in kind of a nutshell. Um, there's a, I believe it's episode um, eighty six or eighty seven of the Read and React IDP podcast, where we basically spent an hour talking about this. So I would definitely tell you to go check that out. If you're on MFL, um, those positions are set from Fantasy Sharks. So whatever Fantasy Sharks decides to say that Shaq Barrett is, that's what he gets in MFL. Um, uh, so I created a tool, it's at stickyposition.herokuapp.com. Where you put in your league information, it'll automatically go and set all the defensive players to their true position. It'll set um, TJ Watt as a defensive end. It'll set Shaq Bear as a defensive end. Um, It'll set uh, some of the interior guys uh, that were defensive ends to defensive tackles. All the interior guys will be defensive tackles on MFL. That way you don't have to worry about it. It'll automatically go. And if someone does get switched based on MFL, it'll reset them, or based on Fantasy Sharks, it'll reset them to their. incorrect position, I guess you could say, if you're using the system and uh, it'll, it'll automatically, my my stuff will automatically put them back. So guys aren't changing. You know, I have, I started three defensive ends. I have six. Now I only have five defensive ends and like what the hell happened. So the edge guys will stay edge guys. The interior guys will stay interior and all the linebackers will just be literal off, off, off all linebackers. And it makes it, it makes it much easier. Um, It kind of, it kind of gives you something better to expect. You're not constantly checking who's getting hired and stuff like that to see who's changing schemes and, and, and digging into, team reports and beat reporters and trying to figure out what's going on. It makes it, it makes it a a hell of a lot easier to play IDP and and you can score them like a little bit better as well. So I I definitely much prefer it. Um, Every league I start now going forward, that is IDP will will be true position. And I highly recommend it. Um, I I hope one day it becomes a standard. I don't know if it ever will, but um, ESPN has has given people the ability to kind of switch their people's players positions. I think sleepers working on it as well. Um they kind of put two-way players on there, which is kind of similar, but not necessarily all the way. So definitely, definitely a, the right way to play, I think. So hopefully, it gets um, picks up steam as it as, as time goes on. Yeah, that was
0: that was a long speech, but it's sort of what I'm championing these days. No, 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 that was a ton of great information. Uh, I'm certainly gonna check that out. I hadn't heard. Uh, I knew about the sticky position, but didn't understand the whole tying it together to true position and how that would affect the IDP landscape yeah. but yeah that that's it, super awesome it's it's
1: definitely a mess i mean it's definitely a, a problem that i think because idp isn't very big like no, there's not a ton of like noise around it you know and, and i think if all of a sudden you know players started switching between running backs and wide receivers like you would know about it and like it'd be a huge deal so um it, it definitely makes things a lot smoother at least getting people started on idp it, it's a lot easier to think about because the, there's not like this like brain like aneurysm you have trying to figure out why certain players are linebackers who do the exact same thing that defensive end players do when you're not using true position. So I, th- I think it's, it's just much better.
0: Uh, we're coming up on an hour here shortly, and there's a few questions left, but um, you, you mentioned earlier that you, you enjoy programming. How do you feel about R? R? do you, do you know much R?
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't do much R. I do a lot of Python and I do some pandas, which is kind of like the stats, version of for, for Python. I, I wish I had did more R. R looks super cool. Some of the shiny apps people are making. I'm just like, like, oh, this was 13 lines of code. And it's this great, amazing shiny app. And I'm like, damn, I, I want to do that. So it's definitely something I, I don't have a stats background. I wish I knew more about it. Um, you know, I kind of can fumble my way through it sometimes. But
0: um, yeah, I definitely would love to learn more R. Uh My internet just pooped out on me. It's okay. There we go. Okay, now I'm back. All right. Sorry, there, folks. And what a great note to end it on, right? Um, last question here for you before. Uh, well, last question from the group here. If you uh, had the opportunity to travel to Mars you know given that they had a colony built up and it was safe would you make that jump
1: uh i mean i i have i have a 2 year old and i'm about to have another kid so i don't i don't think i would just go um but i think if i were single and i didn't have things tying me here to earth like i i would probably be on like the second or third Wave out there for sure. I think it would be something where you know, like people always talk about like a legacy or whatever, and to be like, yeah, I was like the you know, thousandth person on Mars, human to live on Mars, that would be pretty sweet. So I think I think that I would definitely do that. Like I, I don't know if I would, I would. It depends. Like it would have to be like how many people die when they go to Mars. You know, like obviously all of them at some point. But like, what's like the accident rate you know in mars how many people have you know their shoot opens up when they're you know and they they can't breathe or whatever so it would have to be pretty safe um in space flight is very scary and that would have to be pretty safe um as well especially like yeah it it would there would need to be a couple like safe things to go there but i always joke with my wife that our two-year-old's gonna be the first woman on mars because she's kind of crazy so um and my wife's like, why would you do that? Why do you want her to leave us? I'm like, but she gets to go to, she's the first person on Mars. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, Well, it's been nothing but a pleasure having you on tonight, my man. Uh, Before we hop off here, anything you want to leave with the community? Any sage words of advice or, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, don't have, I don't have too many. I, I would say play IDP.
1: I would say jump in both feet first be confused and lost for a season or two and find your way. That's how I did it. That's how I got into it. And it's really the true way to play. I mean, it is kind of hilarious that we basically take 11 players on the other side of the ball and just be like, "Nah, y- y'all don't count. And I think if you're a true NFL fan, if you're a true football fan, then you care about that kind of stuff. And you might as well play the fantasy football with it too. It's not as hard as it sounds. I really don't think it is. I think like just being like, I know Darius Leonard is really good. Like I know TJ Watts really good. I know these players are super good because I hear about them all the time. Those are the guys I want. I'm telling you, even if it's bad value, quote unquote, draft them, watch them on Sunday. You're going to have a blast. You're going to see these guys flying around, getting tackles, getting sacks, and you're going to absolutely love it. So that, that's my parting, parting words.
0: You heard it here first, everybody. Well, thanks again, Adam, for coming on for the community. You can find Adam on Twitter at Adam TZ. Uh, also, uh, He's got an article archive on Dynasty League football. Be sure that you check that out. Tons of great content on there, as well as the podcast archive of the Read and React. Uh, You can find all of those releases down in our DLF category at the bottom of the server. Um, Adam, thanks again for coming on. Second time went just as well as the first time, and hopefully there will be a third one again.
1: Yeah, Thanks for having me, it was a super, super fun time I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be in the. I'm going to answer everybody who didn't get answered And uh, I'm going to be I'll be around, you know, as I am So thanks for having me on, I really appreciate it And yeah, we'll do a third one for sure
0: Excellent, excellent Yeah, I'm going to leave the channel up here for uh, the folks to uh, You know, if you can peek around And if anybody wants to Talk to you a little bit more in depth uh, I, I hate to I have to go But uh, I had a hard out at 9 o'clock uh, Central Uh, But you'll find the, uh, everybody, you'll find the podcast uploaded ASAP. And we'll see everybody next time around. Not going to go on Thursday because it's draft day. We'll catch everybody on Monday with, I believe we're going to have Fancy Freezer on. But I'll let the community know. From Fantasy Football Chat, this is Space Goes Force, signing off with Adam Sticky Z, and that's a wrap.